Philippines. Good morning. So this is the first time I've gotten to speak on worship uh, without Jimmy. So it's a little different for me um, because if you remember Jimmy and know Jimmy, things can go all over the place. <laughs> um, but I wanted to start just by explaining. Um, this is going to be a, a, a story and a teaching on growing in worship. Um, as I was thinking and preparing these last couple of weeks for what I was going to talk about, what I was going to hopefully get some information to you about, um, we've really grown as a church in worship. And and I don't know if you feel it, I don't know if you see it, um, but I constantly try to be aware of, of where God is taking us as a church as we worship. And I didn't want to come in here and be like, this is what you need to do, this is how, this is why, all that stuff, because really... As this, as this time has gone, the last five to six weeks, maybe the last two, two months even, I, I get up here and I feel like I don't have to do anything. And I mean that in the best possible way. I just feel like this church is full of worshipers. Um, it's full of people that are, that are coming here ready. And as I go through all this stuff, I, I want that to be very clear that, that worship is not just, first of all, it's not just singing, but the singing part of worship, that's not just what's happening here. It's what's happening in people's homes. It's what's happening in people's hearts before they get here. And that's what's created, I think, this, this environment that is, that is nice. So first I should kind of explain who I am to you. So I'm a redeemed sinner. I'm a child of God trying to, trying to figure out our worship constantly. Um, I also have brown hair and a beard. So, I I don't know if you know this, but I tried to avoid singing most of my childhood and most of my life. Um, we'll get into instruments later, but like I was every I went to church with my with my parents, and every time they had like a youth production, I wanted to be the kid that didn't have to sing. So I would go out of my way to find parts where you didn't. And if you haven't if you've never been in a youth group or anything, the narrator is the best, okay? First of all, you don't have to sing. Second of all, you don't have to memorize any lines because you're narrating, so you get to just read it off the thing. You get me, right? So I avoided everything, and this carried over to school. Like, anytime there was a school play that each class had to do a song, I would, I'd be like, give me a speaking part. I do not want to sing. And I avoided singing my entire life until about three or four years ago, um, but I did, I did really enjoy music. Uh, music is an essential part of my life, always has been. Um, I grew up playing the piano, um, and then I really got into saxophone, and that was everything. It wasn't worship. It was, I mean, if it was worship, it was the wrong kind, right? I was playing saxophone. I was in saxophone quartets. I was in saxophone ensembles, which you wouldn't think exist, but they do. <laughs> it's like 12 saxophones. It's really weird. Um, I did that, and I just did that all the time, and all throughout high school. I didn't have time for God in high school. And I, I believed in him, I knew him, but I wasn't dedicating my life to him, right? I was just, I was dedicating my life to saxophone, which now that I say that does not sound very cool <laughs> at all. Um, it isn't. Um, but worship to me was this weird experience, right? I had the music background, I had the training, I had the technique, um, but worship, I didn't quite get. Um, and I went about it the wrong way a lot of times. A lot of times I would look at it and I'd see the hand raised and the clapping and all of that. And I was like, what's going on with this? And I would then listen to worship bands and I would start to make judgments 
uh, on the church just based on how the band's doing. Like, man, he missed the note there. Wow, that guy can't really sing or this or that. Like, that was what worship was to me. It was this fake thing. Um, it was a performance. It was something that I judged like any other performance. And it was a journey for me to really get to the place that I feel like I am now where I understood that the music is is a part of it and we could talk more about that. But the essential part of it is is my heart. And my heart was not in the right place for a long time. Um, I did get to a point where uh, it was probably my junior year in college. Abby was already in here in Maryland. And there was a group from the church I was attending in college that came to Baltimore to help fix up a Baptist church. So I was like, well, I'll go visit Abby. And then I'll just go. This is this was my Christianity, right? I, I'll just go hang out with them, right? It was very care, careless and just very casual. So I went to visit Abby. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go up for a few days. And I went up for a few days. And there was a worship service actually held in conjunction with Morgan State and this group uh, that came from my church. Yeah, props to you. Um, and this was my first experience with Baltimore. I'd never really been there before. And I show up in Morgan State, and we're in this smaller room, and there's one dude on a guitar. That was it. And we just started singing. And uh, similar to what Ray was talking, it was a completely different experience. First of all, I, I didn't have time to make a judgment on the style. I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know any of them. I didn't know what was going on, but there was clearly something different about this worship experience for me. Um, to me, I, there was a point at the end of it as it was going through where I, I literally felt the Holy Spirit just encompass the entire place. And if you've not experienced that, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. When we're talking about like you can feel the presence of God in that room very clearly and very obviously. And that changed my entire outlook on worship. I mean, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I had to do it differently. So fast forward multiple years, we start, you know, worshiping here. We come to City Bible Church at the time, now City Harbor Church. And I start by playing instruments and then we start opening up. But the key is I, I didn't really grow in between that place um, when I first came to Baltimore and two years later. And the reason why is because I didn't have anyone teaching me how to grow. I didn't know what to do. I was looking for it. I was searching for the spirit. Again, I was just looking for it. I was like, where, you know, where is he? Where can I find more of this? And I didn't know how to find it. So the goal for today is I'm hopefully going to be able to talk about how do we grow? How do we move forward? Even if we feel really good with where our worship lives are, um, how we're spending time with God in that way, can we still move forward with it? So um, I'll move forward. So there are two things that I think really helped me. Um, Ben's been kind enough to lend me some books uh, reading about this. And as I was reading this book, probably a year ago and then continued and got back into it, there were two words that really got to me. And that was the word preference and deference, right? So preference basically is doing what we naturally like to do. I prefer this, right? And deference is doing what others naturally like to do. So for example, in my marriage, if Abby wants to watch uh, Love Actually, that's deference, right? I don't really want to watch Love Actually, which I think is a great movie, but I really would rather watch the baseball game, but I will defer to that because I know she'll enjoy that. Now, in the same way, when we talk about worship, uh, we, we can use those same ideas. Now, preference is really easy, right? Preference, so if we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. And not a, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. When we enjoy the song, when we enjoy what's going on, that's us encouraging those around us, right? Because this is about 
Yes, it's about our worship, but it's about the worship that we see in this church. So when we come together as a group, when we're, when we really like a song and we're really getting into it, that's okay. That's a good thing. Because you may be building someone up next to you that's not with it or had a really bad week. Um, if a song's speaking to you, if it's really activating, I, I, Ben talked about this like years ago. He called it the spirit man. So if you remember that, it was a great, you should look at those podcasts. The spirit man, if you're activating that part of your spirit, enjoy it. Don't be afraid to engage in a song that really reminds you of the comfort, glory, and presence of God. There's nothing to be afraid of. This is the, one of the safest places to worship that I've ever been in. And I don't know if you realize that, but it really is. No one is going to judge you if you run back and forth. Like, no one is going to judge you because we've seen it happen and we know the hearts in this room and we know what they're seeking. This isn't the person seeking attention. This is this person enjoying the presence of God. Now, the harder one is deference. Um, And I think this is where we can really grow um, when we understand the concept of deference in our seeing, deference in worship. In Matthew twenty two thirty six, I'm sure you've you've heard this, but there's a part of it I want to get into. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, "You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important: love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments." Um, I could get into the, the details about what it means to be this is first, but this one's second, but it's equally important. But I want to just focus on the equally important, right? In the same way, when we're talking about worship, right, God cares about you. He loves you. And we want to love God and we want to sing to him and we want to praise him and we want to worship him. But he also cares about the person next to you, Right? We don't live in a just us and God world, and I think it was great that some people already talked about it. Justin already talked about that today, right? There's This is so much bigger than just us. And it's important to understand that and will show up in two different ways, right? So the first way is we don't like what's going on with the song. We don't like what's going on with the instruments, okay? We don't really enjoy what's going on just naturally. Okay, And that's, again, normal. I think that's human. But that's where deference comes in, right? We have to defer by offering our voices to the community of believers in solidarity. So let's say I'm up there playing a song and you're like, wow, his voice is just really crackly today. Or you're just like, I really, you know, I've heard this song like three times already this week. I don't want to listen to it again. We are still called to worship in that moment, right? This isn't something where it's, it's what we like. And the reason why is because it's not just about us. It may be about that person next to you. It may be that may be that person's favorite song. And if they're standing there singing their hearts out, and then the people around them are just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, this is okay, I guess. We'll keep singing. That can really put a damper on that. So we have to lift each other up in that deference, right? We're deferring to their interests and the way that they're feeling in that moment. Um, the second way deference will show up we don't like them, okay, and not them, but what they're doing. This is what we really see in churches all over the place, okay? There are churches that clap, and there are churches that don't clap. There are churches that dance, and there are churches that don't dance, right? We separate ourselves in these different ways. And it's really interesting because if you're in the wrong church, like you're in the church and the people are clapping and you're not a clapper, 
a lot of time that's that's where it gets hard to worship, right? That's where people will say, oh, you know, I don't understand this. Like, these people are clapping, but I don't really like clapping. Or the other way around, right? No one's clapping. You're like, come on, guys, let's clap. Let's get into this. Let's, let's go. It works both ways, right? And you kind of just get into that idea where it's about us. But we've got to defer in those moments, too. Right? We've got to be able to humble ourselves. We have to offer grace. Maybe they're not ready to clap in that moment. Maybe they're self-conscious about the rhythm. Maybe they're just not really good with the rhythm and they're like, I don't want to mess it up. Maybe they had a tough week and this particular song may just be hard enough for them just to sing. And they can't focus on anything else but even just saying a few words. We've got to remember that we are all broken people, right? We, we, are, we are stuck in this together and, and sometimes we're not ready for that. And that's why I think it's key that we see this being equally important. When we worship, right, we're worshiping God. And he is holy and he is great. And the thing about that is that's really easy to remember. It's just really easy. Like, God is great. Like, God is perfect. God is wise. God is all these things. But we forget about that second commandment in moments of worship, right? Sometimes even I found myself personally, I'll close my eyes because I'm just so focused on God, but I may be missing something sometimes. Sometimes I've got to be aware, is God having me, you know, do this for others as well? Is this something where I'm, I'm singing to God, but I'm also encouraging the body around me, right? I'm not, yeah, I don't want to get into, like, it's always for God, right? But our, our fellow believers are right there, equally important to him. So, if we realize we're constantly worshiping in one of those two modes, kind of with the focus of gratitude towards God, we grow. So if we understand that we're either preferring a song, this is our preference, and we can lift each other up in that preference, like this is my jam, I'm going to sing my heart out, or this is a song that I'm going to defer to those around me, and you know what, I'm still going to sing, and I'm still going to support my community of believers, we grow. That's how we grow in worship. If you don't like the song, it doesn't matter. One of my brothers or sisters does, and I'm going to sing with him or her to sing in unity as a church. If I don't like the way Chris messes up all the words with half of the songs, it doesn't matter. I know that God loves him, and I'm going to lovingly sing louder with the right words to help him out. Right? I just threw that one in there. Don't think you have a great voice. It doesn't matter. Someone else here may need to hear me being bold and unashamed as I sing. Maybe they need to hear that for their own courage. Not feeling it this week, it doesn't matter. God saved me, and even if it pains me, I need to give him the glory he deserves. Right? I really think that singing in deference is what helps us grow. And when we sing in preference, our hearts are so much more full of joy and gratitude. So if we get the deference thing, if we understand that it's not just about us, and as we sing to God, yes, he's glorious, but we're bringing this entire community together in corporate worship, and we're doing this together. Um, that makes the preference so much better. Yeah. It makes it so much better. And it, we, we kind of open up each other to that. It's weird sometimes. It's awkward. But so is practicing saxophone for the first 10 years of his existence, right? It's gross. My parents, look, they heard squawks. They heard squeaks. They heard everything you could possibly hear. But there's an understanding there. There's an expectation that this is moving somewhere. And ultimately, this is moving to us in heaven singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? right? But right. even on this earth, we can understand that there's an expectation of God that we're going to go somewhere with this. He doesn't expect us. He doesn't save us just so we can stay right there, right? He saves us and then expects us to grow. He expects us to change. He expects us to move forward. And in that same way, with an expectation when the squawking and squeaking is happening, right? He's expecting so much more 
um, from us. Now, even though that expectation's there, he's not going to hate on you for not getting it right the first time, right? But he also understands, okay, this is going to take time, but I'm going to give this person the tools, I'm going to give this person the community of believers to help them move towards um, that level. So why, 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 why is growing worship important to this church? So I think growing is important, understandably, individually, but why specifically in this church, okay? So we see Colossians 3.16. You'll see this in Ephesians 5.28 to 30, a very similar message. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Admonish means to counsel, right? Admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I think it's really important to look at the scripture and understand that we are teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So it doesn't just say worship the God with all your heart. That's in there, right? But it's saying we're also teaching and admonishing. We're teaching and counseling others around us as we worship. So as we sing these psalms and hymns, there there is a community aspect to this. It is not a solo thing. Um, and we really need to look at, like, this is not an exclusive to worship leaders verse. This is not just for me. This is not just for Ben. This is not just for Justin and Becky and everyone who's involved. This is not just for the people up there. This is speaking to the church. I think it would have been very specific if it would have said, you know, those who are leading worship in your church, that's what God does. If he needs it to be specific, he'll make it specific. But he's talking to everyone in this statement. There is a responsibility of the worship team. But that's to facilitate an environment where the entire congregation can worship the one true living God. But church is not a four-course dinner. We are not handing you lobster and escargot and peau de creme. French, by the way, French food is all just fancy, gross food. (laughs) I say this. I love you, Abby. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Snails. No, it was really good. I was just kidding. But it's not just this four-course meal, right? It's not just this where, where... but even Ben, the worship part of the service where Ben is teaching, it's the same thing. He is not just bringing the lobster and the world. It's a potluck, right? We all have to bring something to the table. And honestly, like, it would be gross if everyone bought, brought lobster. It, it's just, everyone doesn't bring the same thing. Everyone brings something different to the table. So, and sometimes, some people bring some really good stuff. We've had potlucks here, right? Some people just bring it. Some days Ben is up here teaching and you're like, yes, that is what everyone in this room needed to hear. Right? Sometimes someone is like worshiping in the corner and you're like, that guy gets it. This guy is bringing it today. But even if you're not bringing it that day, just bringing something, bringing yourself and understanding, I'm going to open up myself to worship in this moment. This is the Rice Krispie Treat equivalent of the potluck, okay? <laughs> you bring it in, you bring it in, and it's, it's good. No one's going to say you can't have the lobster because you only brought Rice Krispie Treats. No one's going to say you cannot experience this because you didn't bring everything when you got here. Right, right. That's the church we, we grow in, right? That's the key. And I think sometimes we forget that. We think, I'm not a good singer. I, you know, worship isn't my thing. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let someone else be the lead on the worship stuff. And then when it comes time for prayer, I'll be there. No, like we bring everything to every little part. When we're listening to Ben, it's like being attentive, taking notes and, and trying to figure out what he's trying to tell us. And when it's worship, it's, it's preference or deference. It's one of those two things. You know, we never know if singing a new song could open up a new part of someone's relationship with God 
Maybe they're really into great singing and they hear a beautiful harmony. You, you don't know that. Um, maybe they need to hear someone belt it out with no concept of what's in tune. But in desperation and quiet gratitude, this has to be a whole church thing. If there's ever this discomfort, this idea of, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, that's how the rest of us can kind of build each other up. I think after all of this, there may be some little voices that are still saying, well, I guess this may make sense. It's just not me. It's not my strength. I do other things. I'm more of a this. You know, I'm a healer. I'm a prayer. I'm an encourager. And this is normal. We do this with important things all the time. We say, you know, actually, I'm more of a this kind of person. Um, when it gets into our spiritual lives, I think one of the biggest ones is we say, like, I'm not a people person. Sorry, like, Jesus calls us to all be people people. Like, we have to deal with other people. Now, there's definitely different strengths and weaknesses, and I think there are different gifts and talents. That's true, but there are some essentials. For example, my entire life, okay, I was not a math person. I refused to do any math. I took math in high school up to the level of where I had to take it. I even took calculus so that I didn't have to take math in college. Like, that's literally the reason I took this high level of math in high school. I was like, I'm not touching math for four years. Let me get it over with. If you didn't know, I am currently a math teacher. (laughs) So you never know. You never know where God's taking us, right? So you can say all you want. I'm not really a worship person. I'm not really a singer. I'm not really into the raising hands thing. You don't know where God's going to have you in five years. Be careful. Because he sometimes likes to take us and throw us into our non-comfort zones, right? It's, it's just, it's very different. We've kind of arbitrarily decided as a culture that if something that's hard, if it's hard, it must not be essential. So if something is difficult, we say, you know what, that's just not my thing. Just because it's hard does not mean it's not essential. If we look at the spiritual gifts, in the spiritual gifts and talents, there's nowhere where it says worship is a spiritual gift. It's not just for a few people. This is an essential part of who we are as a church. This is an essential part for us personally as who we are as believers. And we, we've got to be really careful. It's, it's actually the exact opposite, right? The diversity of our worship, the diversity of our worship is what makes it so beautiful and what makes it so accessible. If we had people in here that were only worship people, if they were only singers, and all, this would be a place that would only attract more people like that. We are called to make disciples of all men. Amen. And that includes some people out there that are not singers and that are not worshipers and don't understand. They've never touched music in their life and they haven't gotten into that. That includes them. Yes. And... This is why this is hard for me to do because, you know, I enjoy what I do up here. I enjoy music. I enjoy all of that. So for me to come here and say to those of you who may not enjoy it, you got to do it anyways because we really need you, it's really hard for me to say. But it is a challenge as well. It's something saying, you know what? I can't do for them what you can do for them. I cannot minister to them like you can minister to them. And you would be surprised because sometimes the people who, who are just belting it out and have no concept of intonation, those are the people that speak to me sometimes. I'm like, look, this person doesn't care what other people think. This person is just singing it out. And that may be changing me that day. That may be helping me grow that day. So we've got to be careful when we put ourselves in this box. Amen. We definitely have to be open to the fact that God can continue to radically change us. 
We never know. We never know what he's preparing us for. So that concludes what I have to say. But I was going to ask if one more time right before we leave, if we could just worship together. We've got one more song. So let's sing. It's a ways down, sorry. Go for it. God, we thank you for this time. We just ask that right now we open ourselves up. That we just let ourselves um, ourselves be free in, in the idea that your spirit's here the idea that, that you've called us all to be worshipers. You've called us all to sing, whether we're good at it or not, whether we enjoy it all the time or not. And we ask that we are able to lift each other up in our homes, we're able to lift each other up in this place today. And as we close in worship, we just, we just ask your presence to be so clear and so obvious and so evident that we cannot deny you the rest of this week. We just, we just ask that it's so intoxicating. That, that we can't deny how you've changed us and how you allow us to grow God. Yes. Is the name of God.
so much for everything you've done. We thank you so much for everything you've done. In peace, in joy, uh, we ask that you are just with us this week, God. We ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Say hi to someone next to you. Get some food. It's always really good. I have a feeling that it may be really, really, really good. It's been a little in charge of refreshment.